Lisboa, Bruxelas, Varsóvia. Europe is us with Dino. Europe is us, but who are we? Stay with us and you'll find out. I'm Dino, a Slovenian journalist working for Euronet Plus, and this is Europe is Us, a podcast made by youth for youth. It was the European Year of Youth last year around the European Union, and it's the European Year of Skills this year. Combine the two and you get the 32nd episode of the Europe is Us podcast. Today's theme, vocational skills. Today's guest, Dimitris Atanasiadis, a student from Greece. Dimitris, how would you describe yourself in a few words? All right. Um, my name is uh, Dimitris. I am uh, 22 years old, so I'm a member of the, uh, the Greek youth, uh, as I can say. Um, and I am, uh, at this moment, uh, based in Brussels doing my trainership. We'll talk about skills specifically a bit later. We are going to hear from a professor from Romania and a Portuguese former minister of education and science. But let's get to know Dimitris a bit better. Dimitris, what did you study? Uh, I studied social and educational policy, uh, which was a quite interesting field, not 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 as much known. Um, I think you have something similar also in Slovenia. Uh, I did that. Uh, I did Erasmus also in Slovenia, so I'm quite familiar with the faculty there as well. It was a. Uh, it was very interesting. It was uh, the the teachers was very nice. In a nutshell, what I could describe it is. Um, the fundamentals of what is, you know, to create a theory in the social and educational spectrum. So not only about how you can influence the educational policy, but also the social aspects of it. So um, welfare, how do you uh, do the necessary planning for a welfare welfare program? So it it is, I would say it's a very broad field, but very eye-opening because it really shows you it has, for example, it has uh, the fundamentals of law. So it gives you like a very holistic uh, approach on how you can uh, form these types of policies. And although you weren't studying mechanical engineering, trainings are still important for your profession as well. What do you think about them? Did you have any? Are they crucial? I... From the very, very beginning, when I joined university, I always had the, I don't know, this inwards belief that this is not going to be enough. Um, I mean, we are in the information age, so showing people just your degree, it's not enough. So I attempted to do as much as it was possible for me uh, to diversify, let's say, myself, because it's... Um, it's the, this thing that, you know, in this day and age, everyone has a degree, but the thing is, who has the different and the most, uh, let's say, colorful CV? Um, but despite that, I always wanted to do something extra. So uh, in terms of training, I mostly, I, I would say I mostly did volunteering because I, you know, when you're starting university at 18, you have no work experience. And when you're approaching uh, a, a new potential workplace, the first thing that they will ask is experience. So I started off uh, by volunteering in a humanitarian NGO. It was a Palestinian um, cultural center in the heart of Athens. And 
I, w- I started because I was actually the only Greek in the entire office. I was doing translations for them. I was helping them with uh, documentation. And after a certain point, they suggested me, oh, would you like to maybe start teaching Greek to some of the people coming in? And then I switched to being a teacher for uh, the ABC Greek level, because, of course, I don't have a license, but I can teach them the fundamentals of what it is you need to say um, in order to survive in Greece. So I would say volunteering, which it's something I, I haven't stopped. I am taking a little bit of a pause because, of course, it's not sustainable to volunteer all the time. But I would say the most valuable training I've had so far has been um, by volunteering in different organizations. There's lots of unpopular professions and these sectors then have a problem of lacking young people training to become professionals in these fields. What do you think is the problem? So the EU is trying to reach the number of 50% of uh, young students, uh, which are professional courses students. Where is the problem in Greece? I think the problem is, and I would give it from the Greek perspective, the educational system in Greece, it's too broad in the sort of sense that um, it does not adapt to the needs of the market. For an example, if there is a necessity for IT jobs, it will not adapt. It is the same. Uh, so you all do the same courses, you pass the exams, you get a certain amount of points through the national exams, and then you get into university. They do not adjust the positions based necessarily on the demand so that they can, in a way, move the flow of students to the direction, to the needs of the market, uh, which this has created an an oversaturation of highly skilled uh, students. We have, uh, there was a statistic, it was quite a while ago, for an example, we have more lawyers than in France, and we are a 10 million Uh, population country so we have a lot of lawyers we have a lot of social scientists like my like i uh, we have um a lot of uh, um psychologists and that is good you know you should study what you want but also the educational system does not a- adapt to the needs of the market and then that creates problem because people like i then we do not find opportunities in the country and we have to go abroad where there might be a, a need for people like us to be able to find the job that we prescribed to to be in. And which would you say are the least popular positions in Greece? Technical positions, I would say. I would say what has to do with infrastructure. So electricians, uh, technicians, uh, you know, those technical, let's say, positions that have to do with infrastructure there was this belief that you know they're um, not as uh, important as you know uh, being a lawyer or, or have a law degree or be uh, a social scientist so you know there is this belief in the society no you should go for the higher spectrum degree downgrading the technical positions and then of course there is this thing where there, there are not enough people to cover the jobs um and then you have to through immigration, cover those gaps. 
in the labor market. Um, and there is also oversaturation in the tourism sector, but of course that's, you know, uh, the main industry of Greece. So it, it, it is understandable. I, I suppose it could be similar to, to any other EU country where they have their own main industry. Thank you for now, Dimitris. Let's travel a little bit, as we always do in our Europe is Us podcast to Portugal. This time we're going to hear from Nuno Crato, the former Minister for Education and Science in Portugal. And he's going to comment on the percentage of professional courses students in Portugal. O nosso máximo foi cerca de 45% em 2014, à volta disso, e baixou um pouco e agora estaremos pelos 38%. Mas eu diria que, de qualquer das maneiras, os 50%... Our highest level of professional courses students was about 45% in 2014. Currently, we're close to 38%. And consider that the 50% EU's goal is the most logical aim for a country like ours, as I said when I was in the government. The problem is if those professional courses are being made well enough to give our youth the skills needed to enter the job market and help solving problems in the country. Whether they're good for themselves and bring a reasonable wage, and if they're good for the country, for teaching skills needed by the industry. Ajudarem a resolver os problemas do país e serem úteis para si, porque terem um emprego que lhes é útil e que lhes dá um salário razoável, e para o país por estarem a desempenhar funções que serão necessárias à indústria e ao país em geral. Back to Greece, back to Dimitris. Dimitris, do you have any friends that decided to pursue a career in a specific profession instead of reaching for higher degrees? Um, I do not have. I mean, I have a friend who did not proceed to the university, if if that um, covers your question. But the thing is, I, I should say there is this uh, belief in Greece that has always persisted that, you know, um, kids need to get a degree, a high level degree, preferable. And that that's a nice belief, you know, because, you know, it makes people to continue to have that uh, educational belief to continue studying and getting um there's you know certification um but the economy as i said is not just that um but except from one that one case of a friend i i don't think everyone else have uh, proceeded to they're still study <laughs> and trying to get their degree thank you again dimitris let's now jump to romania to hear from daniel david a professor of clinical psychology and psychotherapy at the university of cluj napoca he's going to comment on the differences between working with students with a vocational education background and those that have a background in theoretical education In theoretical education, procedural knowledge is not missing or should not be missing. But declarative knowledge also has a strong component. Historical data, mathematical formulas, chemical formulas, they are all important. Even when we focus on vocational, professional aspects, we must not ignore declarative knowledge, because it helps those who are professionally trained to be flexible, meaning not applying procedural knowledge only in the context in which it is learned, but being able to generalize it from one context to another, and at the same time to be able to teach others. So education is diverse and there are different paths. 
de la un context la altul și în același timp să poată să învețe și pe alții. Deci învățământul este divers, sunt căi diferite. Back to you, Dimitris. What's the educational system in Greece like? I should say um, that um, that the educational system needs to be a little bit more targeted and needs to make an analysis of the labor market each year in order to adjust the point basis when the national exams occur to prioritize some schools with the mind that in five years there's going to be a need in the labor market for this position to to cover it because then while if you know if you do not do that then you have to do other uh, quick solutions that are not um as good uh, and will not be as impactful on a european level since we're mentioning the european uh, year of skills the problem is if the formal education is not an eu competence and that makes it tricky for the European Union to directly, let's say, um, legislate or exit from, I don't know, drafting an opinion, uh, to say to the member states, this is the way you should do it. I think it would be better if there was a common framework, not necessarily something very detailed, because I don't think you should over-regulate, but at least set the most basic set of tools. That would be very helpful, because... In Greece, there is this tendency to experiment with the educational system. And what do I mean when I say experiment? Um, each one or two years, the whole, let's say, in the final years of the education, because in the first years, everything remains stable. So I'm talking about high school, the two years before the national exams to get into the university, they either change the courses, the point-based system overall, like we completely change it. And that does not create stability. A social program in order to understand, an educational program, in order to understand if it is impactful, it needs to have a little bit of longevity because you cannot expect a program to be, especially when it has to do with education, because the impact of your program is going to be seen in the next five or ten years, not now. If you if you implement it now, there needs to be some time. And by making changes to the program very regularly, you're just trying different theories, which is okay. It, you should experiment, but you never see the results of your theory. And creates instability and students, the one year need to study this thing, but on the next year, that's completely relevant. So the students before them cannot prepare for what it's up to the next year. And that makes it difficult for the students. And I assume it also makes it difficult to organize the universities to be tailored in such way uh, to be up, you know, applicable to the needs of the labor market. So experimentation is good, but you need to leave some time for it to work. And that's not about education. I think that's for every any social program, you know. They need time. They have to do with people. And the impact is not seen now, except if it's a financial tool where, you know, people see the money on their pockets and it's different. Uh, there needs to be substantial amount of time to see if it actually works. Let's get to know you personally, Dimitris. Three short questions, three short answers. What's your favorite memory? 
Oh, favorite memory. Hmm. I should say, I mean, it's, I would say this, the 2016 summer was a bliss. I, I remember it very fondly. It was the, the last years of not taking, you know, school so seriously, because afterwards when you enter high school, things completely change. So it was, the, let's say, the last year where I could be a little bit more free and enjoy summer with my friends. So I have a really a lot of fond memories uh, from that summer, despite the financial crisis. <laughs> What's your biggest fear? My biggest fear? I think all people have a lot of fears. I would say what is the recent one? Maybe a little bit political. Um, I... I saw in the recent elections in in Greece um, the rise of the far right, and that scared me because we got rid of those guys uh, and we we did a whole mess. We put them into the, into the jail and we we had a whole court procedure that took years. And just when you thought that we do not have to think about neo Nazi. Um, politicians back in Greece, they popped up again. And I think there is a lot of momentum back in, like there's a disbelief back in Greece that everyone is like, oh, here we go again. Now we have to get rid of them. And uh, it is scary because you don't know what they will do because the Golden Dawn did a lot of terrible things. They attacked immigrants. They went to their shops and destroyed them. They killed a very prominent uh, rapper. And this is their 2.0 version. So God knows what they will do. Maybe they will be more quiet because their first attempt didn't go as much, you know, didn't go as well. But that's actually scarier because if they act like, you know, politician-like, then they will get momentum and they will remain in the parliament. And I personally find it unacceptable. And what's your biggest wish? Mm, okay. Uh, well, I am. Uh, I have started my process to do my, my master's uh, in Slovenia. So my wish is they accept me. <laughs> it's a very recent one. I'll know in the next few days. So that's my wish now. <laughs> I will, I'll, I'll target it on that one. Thank you very much, Dimitris. And thank you all for your attention. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and listen to what we have to say because... Europe is us. Lisboa, Brussels, Varsava, 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 Vars